Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. The Colorado Avalanche holding a record of 22-18 and 18 with 45 points. They've won three games in a row. They were 3-1 last week with wins over the Coyotes, Ducks, and Kings. Nashville Predators are currently in 8th place out west with 46 points. Avalanche in 10th place. Your Denver Nuggets, 4-2 last week with wins over the Jazz, Lakers, Bucks, and the Kings as well, but a different sport. They're playing in New Orleans tonight against the Hornets. They're currently second place in the Northwest with a 5-2 record. Surprisingly, the Portland Trailblazers, number one in the Northwest. And your Denver Broncos? Well, they are in the playoffs. Ross, let's start the show. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, belated a few days, episode number 22. As always, from DenverStiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. Yo, Ross, what's going on? My producer, my co-host, Mr. Everything. The IT guy. Ah, uh, that's that's over and done with. That's behind us. Everybody <laughs> on the interwebs, still, how you doing? I'm still I'm still hurting, you know, inside about that. But uh, whatever. I got We're, a uh, email about that too. It was like from, IT guy with a question mark from who? A uh, close personal friend of mine could <laughs> nice. be my mother, might not be. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> well, um, let's see. It's Friday. We usually do this Tuesday, so we're a few days uh, behind. We're just going to do a quick, just like a little baby podcast. You know, last one was a drinking age podcast. This one's just going to be a little baby, maybe forty-five minutes, hour-long podcast because we got to do something before this big game coming up. Yeah, playoffs. The playoffs, man. This is fantastic. You know, it's exciting. With, and with the way the season ended, it was kind of, uh, you know, the Broncos have lost, what, three in a row and this and that, and people are down and out, and they're thinking that Denver's going to lose to Pittsburgh. But if you look at this whole thing, I mean, it is it is the playoffs. I mean, you got to get excited about that. Anything can happen any given Sunday. Great movie, Al Pacino. Uh, Oliver Stone, right? Yes. But anything can happen. And if you look at the possible AFC playoff teams that Denver could have faced this weekend, this is really, I think, the best possible matchup. I, I mean, I don't. Any matchup we had was going to be a tough one. Uh, Correct. We're fortunate it's at home. Although there's been a lot of talk about Steelers fans, and they do travel well, and they are pigs, and <laughs> vermin could be a could be a very very golden crowd. Very yellow crowd this this week, and that'd be pretty disappointing. I, I you know, I had uh, purchased some season tickets uh, from uh, through a friend, and we had just assumed that if the Broncos made the playoffs, that they would give us the right to buy the playoff tickets. Yeah, that's how it works. But they did not. They did not let us buy those playoff tickets. So I wonder if those uh, people. Uh, Ended up selling them to some Pittsburgh fans, or if they're going to use them themselves. Wait, but, what do you uh, mean? So you, you buy them through to from other people? We bought them from a private party. We just bought their entire season of tickets, and, and they didn't give you guys the option to buy the playoffs. They it's, did not. They went for a little more money in their pocket. They probably. may have. May, hopefully, they're going. They are Bronco fans, so hopefully, they go. But I have a feeling they're uh, trying to cash in. Maybe because I mean, for seats like that, you know, you could sell them for 
probably three few hundred bucks a piece. See, that's the whole thing is, you know, I mean, do you want to go and be there or do you want to sell them, make a little profit, and then watch it on your, you know, wonderful 50-inch flat screen at home? Well, you know, here's Get the deal. Get some people, some if, hot wings. If it's worth it that much to you to sell the tickets for a few hundred bucks, then you can't afford season tickets to begin with. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's a few hundred bucks, but what does that mean? Like, is that going to send your kid to college is that gonna you know help you with your retirement plan no it's a few hundred bucks it's coming you know that that goes out the window um like that it's so easy to spend that money use the tickets sell them for face value or give them to some fans that 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 really enjoy going to the games and uh, i'll tell you i i'm it's looking like i'm not gonna be able to make it to the game now because i just can't find tickets at a reasonable price yeah but it's almost like god do i even want to be there with those i mean pittsburgh fans are the absolute worst fans i have ever been among at the at that stadium it's and it's not even close i mean there's bad fans from every city but the steelers fans are the worst they uh they're just i would 100 percent agree <laughs> they're with you. so bad and uh so anyway i mean i'm gonna miss being at that game because uh i think i only missed one game earlier in the season but um uh, hopefully i can figure out a way to make it in that stadium but uh it's not looking good at this point yeah, and I remember I had a story I think I told on here when we were at uh, Jackson Sports Bar one year that there was we were at a table of 20 Broncos fans and there was four Pittsburgh fans that had requested the big screen and so they turned off the Broncos game in downtown Denver to appease these four fans and we took our party of 20 that was going to be 30 and we left. You know what it is? Here's the deal. We're a, we're a passionate fans, right? Denver fans are yeah. some of the best fans. I'm a, I'm a passion. I love the Broncos. I love the sports teams here, and I have a lot of pride in that. But to be honest, I do have other things going on in my life. You, you know do? what I'm saying? And, you know, maybe being a football fan isn't the most important thing in my life. Um, I, I enjoy it. But for Steelers fans and some other fans, like, that's all they got. You know what I mean? This is their entire being you know what i mean like they're failed steel mills and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and the steelers yes they have their uh alcoholism and their steelers the deer hunter was that it. supposed to be out of pittsburgh <laughs> uh, you know what i don't know like i everybody talks about that movie it's so great I just, it's terrible I it's like, a terrible movie the worst five minutes of a movie i've ever watched and then i turned it off yeah. um but um anyway yeah so I, i'm kind of bummed i won't be at the game maybe and i'm also uh kind of happy not to sit amongst those pigs yeah, and, and speaking of the actual game, right? I mean, we have uh, <clears throat> a banged-up Ben Roethlisberger. His ankle is hurt. His ego, I believe, is back intact after some young woman probably dropped charges against him. Or Did they drop charges? <laughs> I don't know. Paid him off or... His ankles, his ankles banged up. Did he did he uh, hurt his ankle from on a raping spree or just uh, playing football? I don't know. I don't know if it was in the bathroom or some you know CD bar somewhere where he had trapped a young woman. Or if it was, uh, you know, injured on the football field, I'm not quite sure. He just can't stop raping. <laughs> he's incapable of. He's just compelled to rape. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's banged up. He's got the the bad ankle. Uh, their star running back, Richard Mendenhall, torn ACL. He won't be there. Uh, their their third string running back, Moel Day Moore. Uh, you just said I believe he's either questionable or he may be out. Uh, their leading tackler, Ryan Clark has a, the sickle cell trait. He can't play in the higher elevations. Starting center, uh, one of the Pouncey brothers. I know he has a twin. He's not going to be playing. I mean, there's a lot of injuries for that for that Steelers team. I, I really find it hard to believe that 
the elevation is that much of a factor. I mean, I know he had had a problem with it before, but yeah, he's lost his like spleen or something the last time he played. Yeah, there, but man. they didn't know what was going on, and they they had uh, from what I heard is they had got it under control, and they now know how to deal with it. And if it sneaks up on you, I could see how it'd be a problem. But if you're aware of it and you get the right medication, or, I mean, obviously I have no idea, but yeah, it's I'm, just not gonna, like, I'm not going to question a uh, the leading tackler for the Steelers who have always been known for good defense. If he can't play, he can't play. Hmm. And I, I don't mind. I don't mind if he doesn't play. It doesn't yeah, bother care. me. Whatever reason he has, if he had a bad hangnail or a hangover or whatever, if he doesn't want to play, that's fine. Keep him on the bench. Yeah. Did you see Chris Cooper's injury last week? I I saw it initially. Like I had kind of. I, I couldn't watch any replays of it, so oh. I, didn't, I didn't really see it because I I couldn't take it. We man. saw it on the jumbotron, and you could see what was going on. And then I saw a picture of it in the newspaper. I mean, the ankle was completely. It looked like it was snapped, but I guess it was dis- dislocated. I right. mean, it was foot was pointing the wrong direction. It almost looked fake, so it wasn't even. Sometimes those types of injuries make me queasy when I look at them. But this one just looked kind of fake. And the, the expression on his face was just kind of like, damn it. It wasn't like excruciating pain. Yeah. I mean, but um, I couldn't really – I don't like to look at it. Be, I don't know. If he, if he played for a different team, I could probably look at it. But since he's a Bronco, for some reason, it just – I didn't want to see it again. And yeah. I was just – they brought you know the card out, the air cast, and I, I was just like, oh, he's, yeah. he's done. But, and yeah, I, his face, man, I mean, he looked more – kind of disappointed and upset than he did to be in pain. Yeah, he's a tough dude. I heard he hadn't missed a snap, an offensive snap the entire season. Well, the whole offensive line, right? That was the key stat that I think you'd brought up uh, and probably jinxed him with. Well, I mean, the whole they, team played together. they were on the same. They started every game, right? But, I mean, he hadn't missed a snap. Yeah, sometimes you twist an you know ankle, I mean? you got to come out for a play or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or there's, you know, they maybe just rotate him out and give him a breath, you know. But, um, I mean, I was thinking about that stat also. You know how it's pretty phenomenal that the that offensive line could play every game intact, but then the Broncos probably ran by far fewer offensive plays than any <laughs> team in the NFL. Yeah. So but Chris Cooper was a guy that I thought you know maybe had Ryan Clady was named as a uh, alternate on a Pro Bowl team. I thought Chris Cooper had a legit shot to be a Pro Bowler. I mean, he was you know probably Denver's you know best offensive lineman. He's coming in here playing the interior line position where Denver's had so much success running the ball up the gut this year. And to lose him is tough, but his backup, I believe, is Russ Hochstein, Hochstein. And he started here for a few seasons, I believe. He's a capable backup. He had uh, actually twisted his ankle in that same game, and Clark had come in uh, to replace him or Green. I don't know. I should all look the name up. You, can, <laughs> you talk, Hola. Well, we got Cooper's done. <laughs> Brian Dawkins is done. Brian Dawkins may have played his last professional football game, which uh, just is a fantastic career. It's a little bit, you know, sad that he didn't get to, you know, he's not going to get to play in this playoff game. I think that he's been the number one reason why our defensive ha- defense hasn't played as well as they had previously, I think. Well, that- as good as he's looked this season, he's got to come back next year. You would year. think, but you never know with the guy with a career that's that long and Neck depending injuries. on what type of injury it is and how bad it is. I mean, a guy like him, you know, it depends on his financial situation too, you know. Right. I don't know if he's the type of guy that has like 12 Bentleys. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so. Doesn't um, seem like he would be, but. Yeah, no, he doesn't at all. So anyway, you know, um, it's going to be a tough game. You think, I mean, gosh. Yeah, it's Russ Hochstein's replacement. If he wasn't able to go, I believe he will be though, is uh, 
the other lineman they bring in is Chris Clark, who's played a lot of, I guess you'd call it tight end when they bring in the six lineman set. But so how, how would you feel about, um, do you think the Broncos should open up the playbook past the four plays that they run every game? I think they should, should they run just, five or six or just stick with four. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, you know what I think they should do? The thing they should just it, almost just like let him let Tebow do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Like um, if he wants to run it, run it. Uh, it. You know, the Steelers are a blitzing team. They they rush a lot. Um, yeah, very always, aggressive defense, which is the type of defense that the Broncos played best against over the past few games. Tebow's had all the time in the world because they weren't pressuring him because they knew that he couldn't make the throws as long as they just covered well and they didn't they didn't blitz at all and that and then it, he, they're also able to contain him when he does decide to scramble and i mean he's just been completely eliminated from the game the last few weeks and uh and so <laughs> but uh, uh so yeah so i mean if they blitz like they normally do that could be a good thing for the broncos but i wonder if they're going to tone that back a little bit and scale back their pressure knowing and seeing the success that other teams have had against us in the past few weeks. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'd, I'd heard a little bit of uh, some talk about how, you know, the Broncos should should dance with what got them here, you know, run the same plays, run the same game plan, because that's what got you here, that got you to this point. So you think that also would be Pittsburgh's philosophy on the defensive end, you know, why change everything up? But Pittsburgh did change things up, I believe, uh, when they played the Patriots this year. They went to a different defensive style to try to contain Tom Brady, so maybe, yeah, maybe they switch it up a little bit to try to make sure that, uh, that Tebow doesn't do anything crazy or special in this game. But I would love to see the Broncos just go to a, a, like a 4-5 wide spread offense and just throw the ball around the field, let Tebow make his, uh, you know, the little read option. And I don't know, I'll just I want to see a win, man. I, I want to see it. I think the Broncos do have a chance. It's not, it's not like they're not – they don't – have the opportunity to compete in this football game. You know, a lot of people are just, I think it's a pretty big spread as far as what people are saying in Vegas and so forth. But I think the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos can do it. They've shown and they've beaten good teams already this season. Maybe they had caught some other teams off guard with some of their game planning and maybe that people figured it out, but we'll see. It should be exciting. I, I really hope Broncos show up to that stadium because that would be a pretty, I mean, it happens every time Pittsburgh is in town, so I don't know why I'm expecting anything different, but um, I really do hope that there's a, at least the Broncos have a home field advantage in that game. Yeah, and with that, with our with our defense too, I mean, we saw a lot of success coming from the Broncos pressuring the quarterback. I mean, not giving him any time to throw, getting a lot of sacks. And recently, the past the past three games, pretty much since that New England game, it's like the Broncos' pass rush has been non-existent. So they have to figure out a way to get, you know, Von Miller and Dumerville have to figure out a way to fight through that that Pittsburgh line. And the Pittsburgh offensive line hasn't been one of the best in the NFL. They they continuously let Roethlisberger get hit, but his big thing, like Tebow's, is he can escape the rush, right? So, I mean, Denver should be able to get pressure on him. I'm not really – the Pittsburgh defense scares me. The Pittsburgh offense doesn't worry me that much. I mean, they are kind of a high-powered passing offense in a way. But I think that Denver's interior could really get some pressure on him. And hopefully if that ankle is bad and he's just kind of a statue back there, I mean, I know he'll probably do what he needs to do to play, but yeah, I can see the Broncos. I can, I can see it. You know, that's the problem is you can see the upset. You can see how Denver would be able to win this game, but you just never know what's going to happen. Oh, the they win. That'll be crazy, man. That will be crazy. And I hope they do, but 
Um, there's not much really else to say about the game. It should be fun, and and uh, we're going to talk about. It. We should be back on a regular schedule next week, Definitely. on Tuesday. So we'll take a break, and then we'll uh, talk about the Nuggets. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds are, good. Are you prepared to talk about the Nuggets, Denver Stiffs guy? I am. All right. I also want to mention I want to see the receivers catch some passes for the Broncos. Wait. Was that too early on the music there? No, you're good. I just want to see the receivers catch some passes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> That's always good. And we're back here talking Nuggets, Denver Nuggets. Wow, it's been pretty fun so far this season. Are you enjoying it? Is it uh, what you expected it to be? Uh, I, I could say yes because Denver is 5-2. and two. They're right in the thick of things in the Northwest. Portland 5-1, and one. Oklahoma City 5-2. and two. I mean, those look like the three you know, best teams in the division, obviously, but they also look like maybe the three best teams in the Western Conference. I can say, though, that I've been – majorly disappointed in the NBA schedule. I mean, these every team that's coming into Denver is either playing their fourth game in five nights, the third of a back-to-back-to-back, the second of a back-to-back, and the, the Nuggets are almost the same way. You know, when they go out on the road, it's, I don't know, there's almost, it, they compress too many games into too short of a time period, and we're not seeing quality basketball. We're seeing quantity i guess you could say we're seeing a lot of games but we're seeing a lot of bad games does that slow out slow up here anytime soon you know or not particularly no. no i mean it's they're trying to throw 66 games into like 120 days so you're seeing you'll see the all-star break i think the nuggets have maybe like a three to five days off at some point during the season but that's really basically it and well, it's that should benefit us we're young team you know so uh we should be able to Play every day. It does benefit the Nuggets. It doesn't really benefit, I guess, the uh, the diehard NBA fan like myself that likes to watch. You know, last night I watched the games on TNT. Um, I'll, I'll watch you know thirty or forty non Nuggets games a season, but I don't know. So for me, it's kind of weird because you're seeing you know you'll see teams like San Antonio who's either winning by twenty or losing by twenty, and there's really no in between. And you see that a lot with all of these games. It's either win by twenty or lose by twenty. So it's like. I don't know. I was trying to think the other day that you must be able to make a killing in Vegas right now if you're gambling on these games. But obviously the odds makers are taking into account the tired legs as well, which was pointed out to me by one of our readers on Denver Stiffs. So. Well, but there also been seems to me like they've been high scoring games. Oh yeah. You know, which is if they're tired, is they're just not playing defense? Is that what's going on? No, it's one team will win 120 to 85. You know, it's like the tired team is 85 and the team that's, you know, rested up or whatever is up around 120. I mean, we saw the Knicks give up 118 points to the Charlotte Bobcats the other night. I think if you played a a regular schedule or whatever, Charlotte's going to struggle to score 90 points. Yeah. So. So have you been disappointed in the Nay and his play this season? Well, he's been he's been bothered. he, He said for about 10 days with a bruised left heel and. You know, I know from injuries with like uh, plantar fasciitis, like any kind of foot injury, and I've heard these these bruised heels can take, you know, months, maybe a month to two months to really heal up to you to where you feel a lot better. Um, so I I don't know. I, I, like we saw last season with Al Harrington, he was so limited in what he could do 
because of this plantar fasciitis. I can say that I'm a little disappointed with what Nene's doing. He has had a couple really good games, but he's had you know a couple where he's kind of disappeared, and then he's missed a couple as well. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's my <laughs> you that's will. my Nuggets optimism. You, you will never ever <laughs> ever. Um, not do that with uh, Nene, and uh, I think you're a sucker, man, because uh, yeah, he maybe. looks he looks the same. Uh, I don't know. He looks like he always has a little, just a little bit soft. Um, yeah, that game against the Jazz where he looked like, I mean, somebody possessed him or something. And he'll do that, you know, two three times a season where you're like, wow, that's the guy that I would love to see for fifty games. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the type of guy that is good to have on your team when that person isn't the center of your team. Not, I mean, not as a position, but as you know, the cornerstone of your offense, right? Yeah. You know, that's a guy that can come in and have a big night when you're, you know, your starter or your superstar is kind of having an off night or maybe it's a little bit tired. So they had um, a really odd uh, quote from him the other day. They have during the games, they have like a, a, a young fan, typically, you know, a kid age six or seven, asks a player a question and then you get a video response recorded earlier in the week or whatever. And this kid had asked Nene, uh, when your son grows up, would you want him to play basketball? And Nene's answer was pretty bizarre. He kind of had said, you know, maybe I would like him to play baseball. And it almost seemed like he was saying, because it's easier and you don't have to do as much. Like you don't have to keep in as good a shape or something. And I was like, what? That kind of explains a lot about your career, maybe. You know, like, I just kind of want to lay back, play like, a game every once in a while. He's like, basketball's, like, I don't know if you guys know, basketball's hard. I got to train like, like year round to make like $13 million a year. Yeah. They want me to train, but you oh, could man. say the dude that I'm most disappointed with has easily been Aaron Aflalo. He signs a $43 million deal, and he has looked terrible through seven games. I mean, he's probably going to bounce back. He has an incredible work ethic, but he did admit to taking eight months off, basically, because of his free agent status. Like, he was training, but he wasn't playing competitive games. Mm -hmm. And you just, I I guess you just can't replicate, you know, a game speed in any kind of off-season conditioning. Oh, there's nothing like full-speed basketball. It's a conditioning all its own. I know that from having played it and then yeah, not you were, played you it. played all the way through high school. Right? Yeah, and then trying to play it now, it's just <laughs> it's out of the question. You yeah. know? Like I, if somebody um, was to pay me $1,000 to play one full-court basketball game, I couldn't do it. I couldn't physically do it. You know what's so <laughs> weird, though, is he looks, he looks you know, probably like you or I would look if we went out there. I mean, not that, not that bad probably, but uh, he looks like he hasn't touched a ball. But then Andre Miller... If you ask him, he had a, there was an article in ESPN last year uh, when he played with Portland, and he's famous for not touching a basketball in the offseason. He stops playing. Really? He, he doesn't get a haircut, and he doesn't – well, I don't know if he gets haircuts. I'd say he doesn't because he always comes in with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an overgrown like fro. Yeah. yeah, and then he'll cornrow it and shave it around media day. But, he's yeah, he's famous for saying, no, I, 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 you know, I eat bad. I don't pick up a basketball. And then he comes in and looks wonderful through seven games. Well, yeah, he's always been an interesting guy because he always has looked a little bit doughy. You know, he always has been. He's never been that ripped guy. He plays the way he plays just kind of looks effortless. He never gets hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just kind of like it's that weird guy that's just totally naturally gifted and naturally talented. I mean, all these guys are, but he just just doesn't seem to look like he ever is exerting that much um, effort, you know, but... uh, And he doesn't get hurt, and he attributes that to, you know, saying that he doesn't, you know, know, play a high-risk style. I mean, he does kind of what he has to do. I I seriously think he could play until he's 50 years old. Yeah. 
And he's very smooth. Yeah, he does kind of have a low impact way about how he plays the game. He's he's been fun. I you know I didn't think I, I wasn't really excited to have him back, but I've enjoyed I've enjoyed watching him play. And uh, I remembered what it was like to watch him all the time. And uh, he's just he's a good guy to have on the team. Yeah, I totally kind of I kind of questioned it as well, but I mean. I guess I didn't really appreciate his game when he was first here, and I'd written an article about that, about just really kind of appreciating what he does for the team. I mean, you can see that he's helping out Ty Lawson. He has such incredible court vision. Mm -hmm. And he also, I forgot about this, shares my birthday. He does. Bam. Wow. So the curse, he can break the curse as well this year. 0-6 since 1986. Your curse of the Nuggets never winning on your birthday. 0-6 since – you know they didn't they didn't play on my birthday from eighty two to eighty five and they played again in eighty six zero and six since that time. All right, this so. is the year. I'm feeling it. Me too, man. Thirty five year old Andre Miller will be turning thirty six that day, and we're gonna get a win, Andre. Me and you. Yes. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do anything, but I'm gonna help. You're gonna send out the vibes. <laughs> You're gonna send them out there. Yeah, and another guy we've seen in in uh, Nene's absence has been uh, Costa Kufis has gotten two starts in a row. And a lot of people are really digging that. Al Harrington was offered the starting gig. He told George Carl, we got a good thing going on the bench here. I don't think I should start. You're kidding. No. How's that for a team player? I don't know, man. Like, that's a weird I, – I did not hear that. And that's pretty – I mean, is it a team player? Like, how do you look at that? Yeah, it's that's like, – he knows what his role is. He doesn't want to disrupt Carl's bench rotation. And he's, you know, giving Costa Kufis a great opportunity to get some minutes. But why? But why would? If, why would George Carl? If it's better for the team, why would George Carl uh, have make that suggestion? Is this because he was giving the opportunity because he's been in the league longer? Well, if you ask George Carl, he he will say that he likes to coach uh, democratically. He likes to have a democracy. So mm-hmm. he will he will turn to the veteran guys, I think, and ask them, you know. You know, do you want to start? Do you think that would benefit? And, you know, they probably came to the conclusion that it was best not to. But it's been great to see Costa, him and Mozgov, two seven-footers out there at the same time. Now there's a debate of if Nene comes back, you know, do the, do the Nuggets sit Mozgov and start Costa? Does Costa play off the bench uh, before uh, Chris Anderson? Because he's looked pretty good. He's got nice post moves. He's got a, kind of a knack to rebound. He does also have, you know, he gets those cheap fouls, and he will be somewhat of a turnover machine. And, you know, I mean, he has his ups and downs. He's not a, a an all-star by any means, but he has looked good, and he's only 22 or 23 years old. So, mm-hmm. yeah. any, been any big surprises for you from your standpoint? I, I think that you have to look at the two, the two big guys. I mean, Mozgov hasn't been fantastic, but he has shown some flashes, and he – and, and Costa Kufis as well. And they give the Nuggets, you know, when Denver had Kenyon Martin out there and Nene, they were just short. And it was, you know, Andrew Bynum, we saw it in the Lakers game the other day, Andrew Bynum did play well in both games against Denver. But when Mozgov was out there against him, he was having to work incredibly hard to try to get his shots. And when you're getting that big guy to expend his energy, and then you saw when, when Mozgov would go to the bench and Nene was guarding him, it was cakewalk. I mean, he towers over. Nene's really probably 6'9", 6'10". Andrew Bynum, easily 7-1. So, I mean, he's just towering over him, and he does whatever he wants, doesn't have to exert any energy. So I think that, you know, from from that standpoint, if you surprises, I think Mozgov and Kufis have both been nice. Al Harrington has been phenomenal. I mean, he's done a complete 180 from last year. Uh, Andre Miller has been nice. Ty Lawson starting to get some all-star chatter going about him as well. So that's kind of where it is. That's awesome. Well, it's fun times. 
Uh, Nuggets are back. Seven games. This isn't a bunch of games. You know, it's not, you can't really draw too many conclusions on it. It's a little disheartening about Nene getting hurt um, that early. How many games has he missed? Uh, he's only missed two. He is okay. Yeah, he's missed two games. The last two, he sat out both of those against uh, Milwaukee and Sacramento. Thankfully, the Nuggets didn't really need him in those games. Um, and I think after, I think by the time we come back next Tuesday, he'll have played three more games. We have. New Orleans, then we go to San Antonio, and then I think we play New Orleans again on Monday. So, And uh, we're going to have, uh, we're not going to say who, but we should have a guest Tuesday to talk about the Nuggets. And uh, Yeah, we'll bring in another, uh, a very fine Nuggets expert, hopefully, to, to talk some hoops with us. Yeah, if you're a Nuggets fan and uh, you know who this guy is, he's a very smart guy, and uh, so uh, we don't want to jinx it. But, uh, <laughs> right. He should be here Tuesday. And, um, yeah, so I, I do have, um, you know, what do you think? you think we covered the Nuggets as well? What else do you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think with, with Denver it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens as the season wears along, but the team is right where you want them to be, right right at the top of the Western Conference right now. And the old teams look old. These young teams with depth look wonderful. And, you know, the Nuggets haven't been uh, bitten by the injury bug. We've seen San Antonio lost Manu Ginobili. Memphis has lost Zach Randolph. Both those guys are going to be out for like two months. So we could see some teams in the playoffs this year that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah. And we might see a team or two that has been around for a long time fall off the map. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, I have a, uh, an email I want to read from one of our listeners. And uh, you had one as well, too. Um, uh was this three sports team or sports movies? What was this? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, let's look that up. Three sports movies that have won the Oscar. I think uh, I have an idea what at least one of them is. Um, maybe two. I think we should also give uh, official Broncos predictions on the score when we come back. We see, come how, back? see how off we are. All right. So uh, let's do that. Let's take a quick break here. and We'll uh, be right back. And we're back here on our little uh, baby episode, just a little, little quick one, a little quick one before the playoff game on Sunday. And uh, But before we uh, talk about it, we had a question. Did you just say the Broncos are in the playoffs? I did, yeah. They, they are. Oh, man, we're going to win that game. They're going to be playing the uh, Steelers like for the third time in the past, what, decade? or Yeah, probably. 13 years, something like that. Uh-huh. It's our turn to win. Yeah, the last time we were in was, what, 05 and they beat us? Yes. Anyway. So let me let me listen, let me read this email here. This is from Rich, um, who is in uh, Rifle. He emailed us a few weeks ago um, about the iBlacks, which we sent out to him. I, I hope he got them. I haven't heard of anybody that didn't get them. But um, anyway, he said uh, uh, we had talked, as I do often, about uh, opposing fans in our stadium. And uh, he says this. He says, I agree for the most part about opposing fans. I will say this. I've been to two Charger games in Denver, and their fans were pretty laid back. The Dallas fans in the area I sat at were, for the most part, passionate but tolerable. 
Steeler fans have their obnoxious, terrible towel and travel well, so they are annoying just due to the sheer number of them. But one fan group stands out as being particularly repulsive and vile. <laughs> Eagle fan. I like that. Repulsive and vile. Eagle fan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have any experience with that, but he had a very bad experience. He said, I made the unfortunate decision to take my wife, wife to her first football game to try and get her into the sport when the Eagles came to town. I'm not a likes-to-fight guy. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Most people describe me as very laid back. For the first time and only time in our 10 years of marriage, my wife feared I was going to hit someone. Eagle <laughs> fan is the most despicable and slimy form of humanity on this planet. They were loud, vulgar, and had a sense of entitlement that completely disregarded their franchise's record of futility and frustration. Of course, come midway through the third quarter of the blowout win, you couldn't find an Eagle fan anywhere. My favorite was the drunk Eagle fan who threatened to kill the guy next to him via throat <laughs> punch. <laughs> Via throat oh, punch. That would have been a spectacular thing <laughs> to see. Been, uh, anyways, really enjoy the show, and uh, I'll definitely be listening to the podcast going forward. That was uh, from Rich and Rival. Thank you, Rich, and I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, that little about... line about the throat punch, I just started reading the Rum Diary, and there's a line in there today about this guy was annoying me, so I wanted to punch him in the throat or give him a throat punch. That's popular, I guess. I, well, it's, it's probably a very effective place to punch somebody. Yeah. Sorry. That just <laughs> but, popped uh, out. Yeah, was a drunk Eagle fan who threatened to kill the guy next to him via throat punch. That is good. Um, well, you know what, uh, Rich? I don't know if you've ever been to a Bronco game where the Steelers fans show up. You'd probably have the exact same opinion of them because they are, as you put it, what is it, most despicable and slimy form of humanity on this planet. They're, they are bad. Steelers fans are pretty bad. I was at a, uh, a game a couple years ago, and there was a line. We were tailgating, and there was a line for the uh, – Porta potty, and there was this old lady Steeler fan behind me. Not old lady, like an as in senior citizen, but as in you know mid forties and just you know three pack a day type lady. She looked about eighty, but you know anyway. And she's behind <laughs> me, and she's drunk, and she just couldn't. She's stop. an old lady, but she's not an old lady. Yeah, she's not a senior citizen. <laughs> you know, I got you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she's standing behind me. And just complaining about how long everybody's taking in the porta potty, right? And she kept yelling out, "What are you, a, a chick? Like, what are you, a girl? Taking so long in there?" She just like kept. What like, are you, some kind of? Can't <laughs> take so long in there. Yeah, yeah. So then um, <laughs> when I go in, and it's you know, and she's right behind me. When I go in, I hear her just you know continuing on. She's like, hey, you know, she's like you know heckling me, you know, when I'm in there. And then um, after about. 25 seconds, all of 25 seconds I was in there. I come out and um, I uh, kind of hold the door open for her and I say, uh, go ahead, sir. And uh, she <laughs> and she, uh, she was shocked. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of people laughing. I did feel like a jerk because that's a pretty rude thing to say. <laughs> I did stoop to their level a little bit, but I couldn't help myself. But, uh, yeah, Steelers fans are bad. And I believe it about Eagle fan. I mean, uh, I, I saw a YouTube video of some fan – Phillies fan who threw up on the little girl <laughs> intentionally and like he th and made himself throw up on this little girl sitting in front of him because her dad had told them to stop cursing or something. So that that is pretty gross. I thought you were gonna say maybe that you uh, had gotten out of the porta potty that the uh, the old woman who wasn't really old an old woman was uh, in there. I thought you were gonna say that you took like a ten to fifteen yard run and had knocked the porta potty <laughs> over onto her that would have been great oh my gosh yeah I, uh, uh, that's like that's like one of my biggest fears in life 
You guys have these awful stories about uh, sports fans. I've only seen one. I have a, I have a friend that we went to a Spurs game, a Spurs Nuggets playoff game, and he had hit the sauce a little bit, and he wound up screaming at this kid <laughs> that was wearing a Manu Ginobili jersey. And this kid wasn't a day over 14, I don't think. <laughs> and uh, an usher had come up to where we were. There's like three minutes left in the game. The Nuggets are getting beat. And uh, this usher came up to my friend and was like, hey, can I – can we talk to you downstairs for a second? And then I think maybe 20 minutes later, I get a text from my buddy that said, hey, when I got escorted down in the tunnel, there was like six or seven police officers. Oh and they uh, had walked me out of the stadium. <laughs> I guess the mom of the uh, son that was being verbally abused by my buddy uh, wanted some safety. Sometimes you can't tell, man, how old people are. <laughs> you can tell how young that kid was. I was like, Oh, this is not good. Like, I'm not real crazy like that, but that was – it was kind of a funny thing to look back on and laugh about. So. Yeah, I was – it was, must have been – I don't know. When was the Kobe Bryant rape case going on? It was that season. It was like the first time the <laughs> Lakers came to Denver to play during that fiasco or maybe right after it. And I had also been hitting the sauce in this game, and it was the end of the game. Yeah. I didn't know how close to the end of the game it was, but there was like a guy with his four kids sitting right in front of us. And I basically not paid attention to the whole game, just, you know, talking to my buddies or whatever. And then I look up and I see a ref uh, not call this foul. And I stand up and I yell, that's effing Bush League. Blow the effing whistle, right? Just like in this moment of rage and profanity and, and vulgarity, I get up and I yell. And I realize that the clock was literally counting down the last, like, five-tenths of a second, and the game was basically over. <laughs> right. And not only was it just terribly rude to yell that out around a bunch of little kids, but also um, it really wasn't even that bad of a missed call. Yeah. Because the game was basically over. But, uh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, that was my bad. But uh, what, what do we get? So you got uh, somebody emailed us. They wanted us to talk about Yes, we three... have uh, – I'll read this one here. It's okay. uh, from Mark and Parker wants to know uh, – Okay, so he writes this and says, I know you guys love movies and talking about useless information. So maybe you guys can discuss the three sports movies that won Best Picture. And, of course, he is talking about the 1976 Rocky film, the 1981 Chariots of Fire film, and the 2004 Million Dollar Baby. Ah. Now, I am absolutely amazed that Chariots of Fire came out after Rocky. Yeah, I right. I thought that movie was like 1942 or something. I thought that was. I thought it was at least the 70s because I do remember seeing it in color on the background in any given Sunday when Pacino's talking to Willie Beeman yeah. about the quarterback. Yeah, you're the top guy. You're the, you're the, whatever. He's, what does he say there? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> I've seen that movie once, and quite frankly, that was enough. You're the quarterback. <laughs> um, well, uh, Rocky's awesome. It's a great movie. The whole series, fantastic. Not uh, three wasn't good. Didn't like it. I like four. Three with Drago one, wasn't good? That was four. Rocky three was the one with Mr. T. Ah. And that one, I liked one, two, Oh, yeah, and one four. and two, Apollo Creed. Mm -hmm. Three, Mr. T. Four. And Hulk Hogan, don't forget. Yeah, and then four was Drago. Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> was, that, was that his nickname? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, four, Drago. Five, Tommy Morrison in a street fight. And then, oh, uh, yeah, that was horrible. Rocky was Balboa. Horrible. Didn't I, see that one. I, I believe he fought a uh, real boxer. Can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I didn't see him all, obviously, because at some point you just have to stop. 
Um, Chariots of Fire, I turned it off about mm, half an hour in. I remember because I was just immediately totally confused with what was going on. There's this part where they're running laps in a courtyard, and evidently it's uh, the guy who did it was Jewish, and I guess they were maybe they didn't like Jewish people or something. I still don't know what was going on or what the significance of it was. Is it a true story? I have no Wait, idea. Wasn't Chariots of Fire about like Roman times? No, it's about marathon running in some college in like the 40s. What movie something. am I thinking of with Chariots of F- on Ben Hur? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Ben Hur. What was in the background on any given Sunday? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought that was it was a chariot and a dang horse <laughs> running around and buggies. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that Chariots of Fire. Let me make sure I'm not an idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. It, 1981 film. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's not about actual chariots. It's a fact-based story about of two athletes at the 1924 Olympics. Eric Liddell, a devout Scottish Christian who runs for the glory of God, and Harold Abrahams, an English Jew who runs to overcome prejudice. I just assumed they weren't good at football or soccer, and so <laughs> they got put on the marathon team or whatever. And you are actually also correct. I'm thinking of uh, Ben Hur. Ben- <laughs> 1959 was in the background on any given Sunday. I could have swore that was Chariots of Fire. I mean, it looked exactly like a movie that should be called Chariots of Fire. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Chariots of Fire, I thought was boring. I haven't seen Ben-Hur. Uh, maybe that one's good. Um, but uh, Chariots of Fire, that song, though, is fantastic. Okay. So these movies are good, but they won Best Picture. Like Rocky was filmed in a, a dirty apartment, his apartment, where he, he, uh, he, he tried to uh, date rape. Uh, what's her face? What? Adrian? <laughs> Adrian. Remember when she tries to leave and he like blocks the door? Whoa, whoa. He's like so, oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Boy. Yeah, yeah. He pulls. He put on his ties into the show. He puts on his best Ben Roethlisberger. Won't let her leave the apartment, and then uh, just tries to put the moves on her. <laughs> That's like uh, you got to check out the um, YouTube on YouTube the movie trailer for Blue Hawaii starring Elvis back in the fifties or whatever. It, it, it just makes it look like Elvis is just going around Hawaii and date raping girls, basically. <laughs> to get off this uh, this topic somehow, but yeah, Rock, I mean the original Rocky. He's in what the the cold meat uh, locker. He's in his dirty, stinky apartment. They're in a, a dirty gym. He runs through the streets of Philadelphia, I believe. One time, runs up the stairs there. Uh, what? Why did this win? Why would this win Best Picture? The same reason Chariots of Fire did, and it's a it's an example of how important music is in movies because Chariots of Fire and Rocky could have won Oscar just on the merits of their songs, just the music. Yeah, but this is Best Picture. This has nothing to do with music. But when you're watching the movie and you hear that music, trying hard now. <laughs> the Eye of the Tiger wasn't that one of them? Yeah. And uh, then the Chariots of Fire song is. It's just iconic. And best picture and it fires when, you up. Best picture when he's in the ring with Apollo Creed pummeling each other, and it, the boxing's horrible, might I add, and the makeup atrocious. <laughs> how, is, how is this winning best pick? I guess 1981, what else was out, right? Well, uh, yeah, well, that was 76. Or 1976. Yeah. Chariots of Fire. Man, I will never watch that. It's bad. It's just really British boring. track athletes, one a determined Jew and the other a devout Christian who compete in the 24. 24- yeah, I'll never. Is Roethlisberger um, Jewish? Maybe that's what we're going to see on Sunday. Tebow fighting for the glory of God <laughs> and Roethlisberger overcoming prejudice. I doubt Roethlisberger is of Jewish descent, okay. but 
I have no idea. That would be a, a heck of a storyline. <laughs> they, right? they should they they should frame it that way. Change his name to like <laughs> Ben Roth Rothstein or something. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they should they should uh, frame it that way. That would be very cool. Yeah. And the uh, the third movie, 2004, Million Dollar Baby, phenomenal film. You saw it? That's the one of the only Clint Eastwood movies that I like. Yeah. Really? He plays what the same. Unforgiven. Oh, uh, well, okay. The newer ones that Clint Eastwood directs, I should say. Gotcha. He probably directed Unforgiven, too, to come to think of it. But I think he did. His newer ones, I mean, there was Gran Torino where he plays the exact same character as Million Dollar Baby. Does he? Basically, a bitter old man. Like, okay, I mean, he is a bitter old man and a bit. Well, he was sexist in Million Dollar Baby, right? The, the female he? boxer. Yeah. I didn't see it. I cannot stand that uh, lady. What's her name? Hillary Swank. Oh yeah, I can't stand her. Boys on the side. No, I never, never saw it. I think she was in a Dangerous Minds type remake. Freedom Riders. There's every few years they come out with a new Dangerous Minds. So these these three movies. Chariots of Fire, Rocky, Million Dollar Baby win Best Picture. I can easily see why Million Dollar Baby won, but again, it was in a, a, a disgusting CD gym, Clint Eastwood's disgusting apartment, uh, disgusting boxing rings, but it was a good good film, good boxing in that movie. Two out of the three are boxing movies. Yeah. How about that? And then the third is about running. How was Any Given Sunday not winning some awards? I, thought, I didn't think it was that good, if you're asking me. I think it won one award for... Best movie made ever. <laughs> that was pretty good, but yeah, that was that was Mark's question. I guess you wanted us to discuss those. Uh, I guess Rocky won it in '81 because there was nothing else available. Chariots no, of Fire '76. Sorry, '76. Rocky wins it. Because so you like you didn't like Rocky? Loved Rocky. Oh well, then what are you talking about? You don't think it deserved to win an Oscar? I well, think those it totally did. those snobs at the Oscars never give anything good to any good movies, so it's just confusing to well, me. Now Hollywood's run by liberals. Back in the day, it used to be Republicans. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> so now they pick now they pick crappy ones. They used to pick cool ones. So could you imagine though if like Fox News was covering the Oscars every year? Yeah, it would just be like really <laughs> hot blonde girls and. Bill O'Reilly just screaming at people, <laughs> yeah. uh, cutting yeah. people off. That's right. Okay, give your speech. Okay, you're done. Get out of here. <laughs> All righty. Well, what else, man? I mean, this was going to be a short one. I got nothing else to say. Um, yeah, I think we should give our predictions on this Broncos game. I think we should oh. do that to see uh, how close we are. We are the Carlisle Sports guys. We are experts on the Denver Broncos. You, as, <laughs> you a season ticket holder. Me, a uh, uh, my family has season tickets, so... I guess I'm old. Old. Are you going to the board? game Sunday? I guess I'd be old money. You'd be new money. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, no, no, funny I will, money. I will not. Yeah, no, funny money is what we're going to get after we sell our tickets <laughs> to the game. Uh, no, I will not be at the game. I'm going to hopefully round up some of my buddies, cook some food, watch the game. That's what I plan on doing. Sweet. Sunday, four thirty. Right. 230, 430, 430 Eastern. 230, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, uh, scores here. I, I would wager it's going to be either close or it will be a blowout. I want a prediction of a score <laughs> and well, which team is going to score what amount. The Broncos are going to win. I think uh, our defense is going to be very – like they're going to want to play for Dawkins, right, because Dawkins is out Sunday. I think officially, I don't know if he's out for the season, but maybe he could get in one more playoff game in his career if he indeed retires. 
Uh, Champ Bailey, you know, always is kind of you wonder when he's going to call it quits. Um, and then you got these young guys who have never experienced that spotlight. So I think our defense is going to play very well. I think there's a lot of factors leaning towards the Broncos. So I'm going to say Matt Prater kicks a game-winning field goal. I like it. In the f- closing seconds of the game. And let's put it at 24-21 to 21. Broncos. 24-21 Broncos. I like it. I'm going to say that, of, of course, your boy Prater is going to have some field goals in this one. Uh, I think that I think the Denver pass rush is going to be surprisingly effective against Roethlisberger. I believe Willis McGahee is going to find some fire deep down in his, his stomach. He hasn't played a big game really for a while, so this is his time to shine. Uh, I think Jeremiah Johnson is going to make a play, or maybe I just keep hoping he does every week. <laughs> you do. You really want him to be good. <laughs> I do too. That would be great. I love speed, man. Love those fast players. But yeah. I'm going to say it's going to be Broncos 20, Pittsburgh 16. Ah, so how do you think we're going to get uh, to 20? I don't care. Oh, uh, I think that it's going to be a Tebow touchdown pass, and I believe that we're either going to get a punt return or a defensive touchdown. Ah, cool. I think we'll get eight field goals. Eight field goals to get to 24? I like that. Yeah, I, I can pra- see that I happening. I think Prater's going to have a really good game. <laughs> I can see that happening. But So you got uh, 24 to 21. 24-21. Eight Prater field goals. Eight Prater field goals. He's, and he's going to go eight for ten. He's going to go eight for ten. He's going to miss a couple. And that's going to cause Ross to come back here Tuesday and say that he should be released. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to go 20 to 16 Broncos. I think the Broncos will get a couple touchdowns. I don't know. Maybe they won't get a defensive one, but I think they'll get a turnover to where Tebow's going to have a nice short field to work with, and he'll either run it in himself, as he is prone to do, or he'll find his man, Demarius Thomas, in the end zone. Yes, absolutely. So let's get out of here, but who should we dedicate episode number 22 of the Colorado Sports Guys podcast? Let's just throw it to all the Broncos, man. It's the whole team? We've got to give them some positive vibes let's going into this game, man. All it's right. the playoffs. All right, Denver Broncos. This one's for you. We're counting on you, and we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about that. And then the Nuggets, we're going to have a special guest who will remain nameless at this point. But that'll do it. What do you say? That sounds good to me, man. Go Broncos, and we'll see you all next week.